God's doing incredible things, isn't He? I am just so excited to see what God is doing because He's always doing something new. He's always doing something new, and I'm tired of being in the wastelands. I, I want to be on that mountaintop. And if that's where He's going, that's where I want to go. Amen? Is that where you want to go? I don't want it just to be same old, same old. That's not good enough for me. I don't want to come here and experience the same thing every Sunday. Do you? That's not why I'm here. I'm not here for any kind of religious ceremony. I'm here to experience the living God. Amen? Hallelujah. Isn't it good to be in the presence of the Lord? It is so energizing. How many people feel like they've already been renewed? Lift your hands up. Do you feel like you've been renewed? Do you feel like you've been restored? Do you feel like you've been re-energized? I'm not seeing a whole bunch of hands right now. That's okay. You're in the right place. We're going to see more hands. You'll be able to raise your hands by the end of this. Amen? Come on. Still need to do something here today. Amen? I was led to, uh, this week into some scripture that, that, that most pastors, including myself, uh, we kind of avoid uh, for Sunday mornings. <laughs> and it's because it's the book of Lamentations. The book of Lamentations. Not too many people like to talk about lament. But it's actually an important part of the Christian experience as well, too. Did you know that? It is. And actually, if you want to know how to lament properly, Holly gave a really, really good word, a really good teaching on lament. It's online. It's on YouTube. She did it during the, the pandemic. So I encourage you to go listen to that because it's a fantastic, fantastic word. You can go look it up. You'll, you'll see it. her face is right there on the front. It's a fantastic word. Go look at it. It's amazing. I'm not going to talk about that this morning, but go see that if you want to. Anyways, the book of Lamentations in the Bible consists of five separate poems, okay, poems, and, and sometimes people, uh, you know, they, they, most people agree that it's written by the, the prophet Jeremiah, and uh, why is it so difficult to preach on? Well, why do you think? It's because laments express deep sorrow and mourning, and most people don't want to go there, do we? We don't really want to go there, but they're expressing deep sorrow and mourning over the destruction of Jerusalem and the suffering of the Jewish people during the time, because Babylon had laid siege uh, to uh, the Jews and exiled them out of Jerusalem. So there's a lot to be sad about. But what I find interesting about this book in general is that we often think of it as uh, Jeremiah's and Jerusalem's lament. It was their sorrow that we're reading about, right? Uh, but some people also say, and I agree with this as well too, that the theme of lamentation is actually the sorrow of God as well. Because his chosen people had strayed so far away from him. They'd gone so far away from him. It shows us how God sorrows over the sins of his people and over the consequence of those sins. It shows God grieving over his people and the destruction of the holy city and its temple. Lamentations is actually a great revelation of the loving heart of God. And ultimately, it points to the need, to the requirement of there being a savior to save people. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. So why is that relevant to us today? Well, I don't know about you, but we often find ourselves facing trials and tribulations too, don't we? We often do. I know I have. Honestly, it never occurred to me. I never would have thought that I'd be standing here preaching this morning, not having my loving mother here at the front saying amen to everything that I say. That was a big encouragement to me. When she was sitting there, he's saying amen. I'm hoping some of you will take up that mantle, amen? Thank you. I need it. <laughs> Anyways, these challenges that we face are not only daunting, right? But if we stay focused on them, it leads to feelings of despair, it leads to feelings of discouragement, and feelings of hopelessness even. 
But as my grandmothers used to say, but God. But God. We draw strength and inspiration from the Word of God. Amen? Yeah. Right smack in the middle of the book of Lamentations, though, we see hope. A new focus. Lamentations 3, 21 through 23 holds a special place in all of our hearts. It gives us actually a profound message of hope and endurance in the face of the adversities that we face every day. We get a perspective of finding unwavering hope in God's faithfulness. It helps us find direction right in the middle of any kind of calamity that we're facing. It expresses the positive truth of God's faithfulness against the, the black backdrop of our unfaithfulness. Right? It's about His mercy when we really deserve nothing. Are you ready? Here it is. Let's read it this morning. Do I have it up? Perfect. Excellent. We were a little worried there for a second that we lost the computer again, but here we are. Oh, there we go. Lamentations 3, 21 and 24. But this I call to mind. Say that with me. This I call to mind. This I call to mind. And therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in who? In Him. Hallelujah. That's a great message of hope, isn't it? Right there smack in the middle of the despair. Isn't that incredible? Here's what I've learned in the last, in the last few months. Whenever you're right in the middle of something terrible, you have to call things to mind. You have to call things to mind. You have to intentionally remind yourself of the truths that you cannot generally see when you're facing a giant. What is the one thing you can remember? You can remember that God's love is unwavering. As was mentioned this morning, one of the prophetic words, His love is unwavering. God's love is not conditional. God's love never ceases. Never, never, never ceases. God's love is a, a rock foundation in our lives that keeps us from falling apart when the wind blows. Amen? It also allows us to navigate through the darkest storms of our lives. Sorry, that was a little bit of an insensitive comment of what's going on in Nova Scotia right now. But it's true. The wind blows and we're not shaken. We cannot be shaken, can we? And even though there are storms, we're never alone because God sent us the Holy Spirit to empower us sent the Holy Spirit so that we could experience His love personally and tangibly. That is what has kept me in this season, not just the head knowledge, but the experience of knowing His love for me and for my family. And even though I experienced sorrow, I also experienced the, in the exact same measure hope because of His faithfulness to me. Amen? You see, what the Holy Spirit does is it actually illuminates God's love for us so that you can experience it firsthand. There are so many love songs out there, aren't there? Everybody, everybody, artist that's out there has made some type of love song, and you can sing it, it's got a nice melody, whatever, but you don't really understand the love song until you've actually experienced love yourself. That's why it makes sense. There are love songs because you can experience love. It's a tangible thing that you know. You know love when you feel it. And if you don't feel it, then it's just words, it's just a melody. Amen? So why should you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because the experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit gives you a profound awareness of God's love for you, which becomes a source of comfort and strength whenever you're going through a hard time, right? 
Let me ask you a question and be completely real this morning, okay? You ready? All right? Have you ever come into church feeling down, feeling sad, feeling depressed? Yeah? Yeah? Don't feel guilty about that because guess what? You're in the right place if that's the case. And it's okay. It's okay. Don't feel guilty about it. So why do we worship when we come here? Why do we worship when we come here? Why do we passionately sing? Why do we, we passionately pray? Why do we, we listen to God's word for us in the moment like we did this morning? Because it lets us experience and celebrate God's love for us. That's why. And when we do that, our perspective completely changes. Amen? When you know that you're loved and you, you know that you, you, when you know that you're loved, you know that you're not alone, right? We know that you're loved, you know that you have someone who's going to help you through the pain, right? You have someone that will actually even take that pain from you. That's the benefit of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. He takes that pain for us. And here's the good part. The more you release the difficulty and the more you surrender, as was spoken this morning, the more you have confidence in God's steadfast love for you. It gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Why? Because the more you release to him, the more sanctified you become. The more the Holy Spirit can work on you, the more the Holy Spirit can transform you. And he transforms you into what? Into the image of Christ. The more you become the image of Christ, the more you're able to respond with love and grace. Yeah, you can respond to love and grace, even to that guy at work that's so annoying. You can respond to him in love and grace, right? The more you respond with love and grace, the more you mirror the character of Christ, And the more you display his character, the greater your testimony. The greater the testimony, the greater your hope. The greater your hope, the greater the confidence in his steadfast love. It's always growing. Always growing. His steadfast love is like a a compound interest in your life. Amen? It keeps building on itself. Don't get mad at the high interest rates because bigger interest rates are great if you're the one that's receiving them, if you're the one that's benefiting from them. Amen? Yeah. That's not a funny joke for most people here. I get that. Sorry about that. I know our interest rates are a touchy subject. <laughs> the second part of the verse in Lamentations 3, 22, 23 says this. God's mercies are new every, every morning. We just talked about the Holy Spirit is doing ongoing work in us. What does that mean? It means that each day gives us a fresh opportunity to experience God's grace and God's mercy. Every single morning. Aren't you happy that there isn't a, a per diem on God's mercy? Right? My first job, uh, my first like, kind of salary job that I had, uh, anytime I traveled, I was given a per diem of money I could spend. And uh, I would do my best not to spend that money. I would, I'd save it. I'd go to fast food, I'd pick up something at the corner store, just something that would sustain me. And I'd keep the rest of the money to buy something nice for Holly at the time, probably is what I spent that money on. <laughs> Right? I, I, would, I would only spend it on, on, on just stuff to keep me fed, and that, I wouldn't worry about the nice food. But my last job that I had, my last corporate job, I was, in, I was in a sales job, and they gave me a credit card. And as long as you, you could justify that you're doing it to gain clients, to take people out for dinner, there was no question about it. So me and my friends, when we, we were going for sale, we'd always look to the town that we're going to. We'd look for the nicest restaurant to go to, and uh, we'd go for a really nice dinner. And, uh, you know, it, I felt justified in it because we were bringing a lot of money for the company anyway, so it was all good. But you know what? 
His mercies are like my last job, right? There's no per diem on His mercy. God's mercies are not finite. They are renewed daily, completely renewed. How is it that I can preach today when yesterday, you know, I was lamenting uh, over the loss that I've experienced in my life? How is it that I can do that? Because His mercies are new every morning. That's why. New every morning. How is it that some of you are still here even though you've experienced profound loss in your lives? Why? Because His mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. How is it that you're still here this morning even though you've fallen back into that temptation or into that addiction? Because you can't give up. You won't give up. Why? Because His mercies are new every single morning. That's why. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Hallelujah. Maybe you don't feel that right now. Maybe you don't feel that empowerment. You know, maybe you don't feel that this very second. But let me assure you right now, you're in the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we just engage with you right now. Hallelujah. Right now, we ask that you move here. Empower those who feel powerless. Guide those that are without direction. Bring peace to the brokenhearted, Lord. Bring freedom to the oppressed. And for everyone else, Lord, I just pray that you'll continue your work of sanctification in their lives. Do your continual work that we may carry the character of Christ. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. God wants to do something in each of us this morning. Each of us. Let me assure you again that his mercies are readily available to you. Readily available to you. We don't have to come in with a certain heart like Benjamin said this morning, we, do, we don't have to come in with a, uh, with a certain expectation on ourselves. No, his mercies are new every morning. You come as you are, and the Lord will change you. Mercies that will bring you uh, resilience and hope. Mercies that are ever-flowing. Mercies that will give you the strength that you need to endure. And guess what? This is a great place to receive them, by the way. Right? Church is a great place to receive that mercy. But guess what? You can receive those mercies every day, every morning as well, too, right from the comfort of your own home. It's always ready for you. How do we do that? By seeking the face of God. Wake up, and as soon as your eyes are open and your breath still stinks, ask the Lord for a fresh mercy for that day that you can face everything that you need to face. Because each morning brings a new opportunity for divine intervention. Amen? Are you still thinking about stinky breath? <laughs> Lord, I just pray now for that you will sanctify people's mouths with Listerine. In Jesus' name. <laughs> I want you to know what I know today, that God's mercies are abundant and that they are accessible. Always. Look to each new day with anticipation, knowing that God's grace will absolutely sustain you no matter what you face. Amen? How many people can prove that in their lives? How many people have a testimony about that? Hallelujah. If you don't, you're going to get one. It's, that's bound to happen. I know it will. So the, the closing, the closing uh, verses of Lamentations 3.23 declare this. Great is your faithfulness. I still have a lot of days to live, but one thing I do know, one thing that I'm sure of is the faithfulness of God. That is something I have already experienced. I continue to experience I experience it every day. God is so faithful to his people. Amen? Even when things seem bleak, we can turn our gaze to the almighty God who is greater than any challenge we face.
God's faithfulness is unwavering, regardless of any circumstance I've ever faced. And this was true for Jeremiah, who despite what he saw around him, despite the suffering, despite the anguish that he had, he was able to declare God's faithfulness to his people. In the same way, when you're saved, you start to take account, you start to see and, and recognize his great faithfulness as well, too. If you've, been in, you know, if you've been in this church for a little bit, then you're going to start to hear everyone's testimonies, right? The story of God's provision, uh, the story of God's protection and his deliverance, and they all become kind of sources of inspiration for us, right? And you also recognize, you know, if he did it for them, then he could do it for me. If he did it then, he can do it again. That's the power of testimony. That's the power of God's faithfulness at work in our lives. It doesn't take long to trust in God's unchanging character to the point that God's faithfulness becomes the anchor in the storm. Amen? Hallelujah. How many people have a testimony of God? I don't want to hear it right now, but just show me the show of hands. How many people have a story of God's faithfulness in their lives? Amen. I can see more and more hands as I preach, which is a good thing. Hallelujah. Hey, let me give you a, an advantage that we have as apostolics as well, too. Because we know that the Holy Spirit is at work in our, in our lives, we have an experiential assurance of God's faithfulness as well, too. So this, this spring, uh, you'll probably have experienced this as well, too, this past spring. Uh, I woke up one morning, and, and all of a sudden, my lawn was just complete yellow, the dandelions. Did you experience that this spring? Just all of a sudden, hey, it looks nice and green, and the next day you wake up, yellow everywhere. So what I do, I called the weed man, which I haven't done in a long time, and because, you know, now they're not using anything toxic anymore. They're just basically spraying liquid iron on your lawn to get rid of the dandelions, right? And it worked. It worked. All, you know, the next week, it was dandelion free grass. My neighbors all looked yellow. Mine was green. Hallelujah. <laughs> right? And uh, I, have the I have the experiential assurance of their work because I see the proof in the green lawn, right? I'm sorry, this is a crude example, right? But I also know that the Holy Spirit is at work in my life because despite the fact that I live in an environment that has weeds of sorrow, that has weeds of financial woes and all other kinds of unwanted growth, I have the Holy Spirit who serves as a counselor, who serves as a comforter, who prevents any of those things from taking root in my life. Because even though sin abounds in the world, grace abounds how much? Much more. Hallelujah. The only solution for believers in desperate times is to trust in God's great faithfulness. Why? Here's what it says in the Bible. What is Jesus? He is our rock of protection. He is our refuge in times of trouble. He is our tower of safety. He is our, our shelter for the oppressed. He is our shield. He is our helper. He is our loving ally. And what else is he? He is our savior. Amen? Hallelujah. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. And you know what? I'm going to leave you with a tool this morning. Are you ready? I'm going to leave you something you, you can take away and you can use as well. In the face of trials, Lamentations 3, 21 through 23, it tells us, to not only find hope in God's faithfulness, but also to call things to our mind. And to me, the one thing I know that brings a reset to negative thoughts in general is when you respond in praise and when you respond in worship. Have you noticed that? Why is that? Because worship is a powerful spiritual weapon against any kind of adversity. 
Worship tells the devil that whatever you try and distract me with, whatever you try to discourage me with, I'm not, it's not going to prevent me from singing of his love. It's not going to prevent me from singing of his perfect love for me. Worship becomes a way to shift the focus away from the problem to the almighty God who is greater than anything, anything you face. His name is greater than anything. Paul tells us in Philippians 4, and 4 through 7, to rejoice in the Lord always and to be anxious for nothing. This rejoicing and lack of anxiety are not dependent on circumstances, but simply the unchanging nature of God. That's what they're dependent on. So this act of praise and worship becomes an act of faith. It's declaring trust in God's faithfulness. And, and when you do engage in worship, we get to experience a deep sense of God's presence. And you know what? I know it's supernatural because we get empowerment and encouragement, even though we should be feeling the opposite. Remember how I said just a few minutes ago, did you come in here feeling sad, depressed? When you enter into worship, watch it wash away. Watch it go away. Preaching the word is great, and I, I know that it makes a difference. I, I believe that, you know, uh, I could even just preach the phone book up here. As long as I have the anointing of God, it will reach someone's heart. I'm always shocked that when someone comes to me and says, though what you said here really touched me, I think to myself, that, I, I don't even remember saying that, or I didn't think that that was anointed, but it's God's anointing that affects me, right? That's great. The preach word is fantastic. But I also know that if you're going to experience something spiritual, if you want to experience a breakthrough in today's service, it's likely going to happen when you worship. Usually it's going to happen when you worship. Why? Because you're actually actively engaged in it. You're actually doing something. It's your spiritual weapon against any trial that you face. It's a personal sacrificial act that expresses your trust in God's sovereignty and declares his victory over your circumstances. That's why worship is important. And we're going to worship again before we go, just giving you a heads up. <laughs> So what do you bring to mind? You embrace God's steadfast love. You recognize his mercies are new each day. You acknowledge his great faithfulness, and you respond with passionate worship. So these verses and lamentations give us a roadmap. They give us a roadmap for navigating his, his, you know, the challenges in life with unwavering hope. And here's the truth that you can't, you can't deny. <laughs> no matter how bad things are, you, know, you can still thank God that they're not worse. Right? Because they could be worse. Whatever challenge you have right now, I'm sure your imagination can conjure up something that's a lot worse. If you think things are bad, bring to mind the fact that you still have breath in your lungs. Think of it this way. If God dealt with us with the way that, you know, with, with our sins as, as, as we're deserved, you know, if God dealt with us as our sins deserve, we would we have to experience his wrath. That's the actual component there without Jesus. What does he do instead? He shows us mercy. Change your outlook by praising him for the work that he is doing in you. As Psalm 137 says, put our hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. That's what we have. That's the mercy that we have. That's the mercy that we've been given. We can fix our eyes and bring to mind the ultimate source of, source of inspiration, which is who? Jesus Christ. He is the pioneer and perfecter of faith. That's who he is. When we do that, we do what Jeremiah reminded us to do. 
and we can say about our Lord, great is your faithfulness. Amen? Say that this morning with your own lips. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Hallelujah. I just want to do this this morning. Do you want to use your secret weapon again this morning? Yeah, let's do it. We were told to do it prophetically this morning, and I think we need to do that again, don't you? I'm going to call the praise team up. Let's just worship him this morning. Let's lay it all down at the altar. We all have things that we go through, some things that are, are, are awful, some things that are just annoying, whatever they are. We can put it at the altar and know that God is going to take care of us because his love is so great. Amen? Let's just give him the praise this morning.